Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On SEN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. Oh, and they're ready to line up already. one 736 736 So we're taking your calls through until 10 o'clock. We've cleared the schedule. I want your thoughts. I want your opinions. Get involved in the show this morning. We're going to speak to the victorious Gold Coast Suns coach, Stewie Jew, this morning. Looking forward to doing that and some real positivity to come out of the Suns' performance last night with the way that they played. And boy, did they need it. The competition needed it. And has it left the door wide open for that eighth spot? It is wide open and Fremantle and Essendon fans you'd be feeling reasonably optimistic about trying to slot into some finals action this week, uh, big show coming up, plenty on the agenda. We'll talk some tennis. We'll preview the big game that is on tonight with one of our AFL Nation experts. But most importantly, it is your calls. You can text, you can give us a buzz, and you can have your say. 0433981116. That number's for temper, a mattress like no other. But let's get the show underway with this. Didn't see that coming, and luckily, hardly anyone was there to see it. The supposed Target Army, with its 103,000 membership base, well, they've jumped off. And to be fair, the moment that Brendan Gale and Damien Hardwick whinged about playing at Marvel earlier this year, the Tigers fans were never going to show. But I do wonder if a bigger Richmond crowd would have pulled its team over the line late in the last quarter last night. Last week, Richmond kicked 22 points against the bottom six St Kilda side on a Friday night at the MCG. Post-game, Damien Hardwick labelled it as one of the worst performances in his time at the Tigers. On Tuesday, Hardwick bristled when asked for his response to the media riding off his team this year. Yeah, let's be careful of the term of experts, but anyway. Um, oh, look, people are entitled to their opinion. You know, they're newsmakers, that's what they do. They're, they're after, after big headlines and, you know, we've been in this situation before. It does feel a little bit different, though, with the, you know, the, the amount of personnel going in and out. We're not playing well, we understand that, so we've got some work to do in a lot of areas. But um, look, this group have responded before and I'm pretty sure they'll respond again. Maybe they are experts after all. So if last Friday night against the Saints was bad, last night was worse. The reigning premiers were beaten up by the 2020-21 AFL laughing stock Gold Coast Suns in a game that was moved so Richmond didn't have to travel again. The Suns ended up plus 16 in contested possessions, plus 58 in uncontested marks, meaning the Tigers didn't want to defend, plus 18 in tackles, 22 for inside 50s, 
and the scoring shots were 27 to 17. It was an absolute smashing. Things have fallen apart at Richmond, and on current form, it's hard to see them beating any of the other 17 teams. Make no mistake, they didn't see this coming. This was the game where they were going to bounce back and get its premiership campaign back on track. Here's Hardwick pre-game on Fox Footy. We give it a little bit away, but we sort of spoke about this week as the most important week of our season. Um, the preparation, the conversations that we had have been really important. Getting a real good, good understanding of what our DNA is and what we look like again is, is going to be really prevalent hopefully tonight. So, you know, once again, we've got to make a run for it for the back end. Once we make finals, if we make finals, anything can happen. But we'll certainly give ourselves a chance and hopefully put our best foot forward tonight. Yeah, that was Damien Hardwick speaking exclusively. Age, injuries, hunger, the older players on the decline and the loss of its aura, meaning teams are no longer intimidated to play the Tigers. They're all issues while they might find themselves in 11th spot at the end of round 16. And the elephant in the room is the form of the skipper Trent Cochin and what the club does with him and his captaincy beyond this year. It's been an unbelievable run. What a ride for the Richmond fans. And if a football supporter can see two or three premierships in a lifetime... That's a fantastic result. Tigers fans have been fortunate enough to see three in five years. And didn't they enjoy it? Everything good comes to an end. The era, the, the era is clearly over. The club needs to invest in its youth, particularly through its ageing midfield. And last night, the Tigers came crashing down with an almighty thump. Where to next for the reigning premiers? one 736 736 Or you can send me a temper text, 433 We are away. You can jump on the phone. You can have your say. Um, tell us about your memories of being a Richmond supporter in the last three to five years. It's been an unbelievable ride. Uh, they've been a, a side that we have all admired, that we've all respected. But I'd love to know, is it time for a reset? What do you do for the remainder of the year? And what does beyond this look, year look like? And Kingy said this morning, you know, can bounce back reasonably quickly. I think that is a possibility, provided that they invest in their midfield. And we've spoken about that at length on the Waitley program this week. Alex is in Frankston, and you want to speak about the Tigers. Good morning to you, Alex. G'day, Kane. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Um, the football gods are real and alive, and they were listening a few weeks ago when half of the world was out of a job and Damien Hardwick was whinging about playing at Marvel Stadium. What a place to end their dynasty. Absolutely yeah. fantastic and deserved. It, I, I was disgusted at those comments at the time, thinking of it where everyone else is in the country and the world, and I just thought, like, the most... My new pathetic thing to whinge about and to watch it all come crashing down last night at Marvel was the football gods at worst. They've made some. They've made some significant mistakes uh, publicly this year. No, no doubt about it. The, the, the pressure has shown on a club that has had so much go right for it in the last three to five years. Um, the travel that they have had to do, which they're just not used to, to complain about that. There's been a lot of whinging and complaining about umpiring, and I've spoken about that on this show before, and you get the results. So I'm, I'm just reading Oz Stadium Sport on Twitter saying the crowd last night, 9,000. So don't Richmond have 103,000 members? And I get the situation that, that is in front of us and the uncertainty about where games are going to be played, but... 
don't tell me 9,000 crowd on a Thursday night footy indoors is a good crowd. In fact, it's it's pathetic. So where are the Richmond fans gone? Um, jump on the phone and have you say as to why you refuse to go to the footy and where are you all? I'd love to know that as well because certainly the team could have used your support late in that game when the Tigers were storming home. Dave is on the line. You want to have your say? Morning to you, Dave. Welcome to the captain's run. Hey, Kane. How's it going? Good, thanks. Look, I'm a Collingwood supporter, so there's no reason to be biased to anything here. But I honestly still have faith that Richmond are going to get back up come finals. Looking at the injury list, they've got nine of their starting 22 out injured. And looking at the list as well, like, they'll all be back by finals. So if they can, like, get a run going, and we all know they can, I think they can still go deep deep into September, you know. And um, the reason for that being is because I've seen over the past couple of years what injuries have done to them. And I've seen how they come back come finals time or late, you know, during the home and away season. And I'm just, I'm, I can't count him out yet. Yeah, I can't, I'm not going to count them out for making the, the eight, but in terms of doing anything, um, I mean, at the moment, who would you back on current form to Richmond to beat? I mean, that. They're not beating Hawthorne at the moment, who are in 17th with the form the Hawks are in. Um, would they get North Melbourne? Maybe. But they just lost to Gold Coast at home. I mean, this is a Gold Coast Suns side who we've been um, calling for a crisis, really, of, of how bad their form has been. And it was 27 scoring shots to 17. They absolutely flattered them in every metric last night. They're off, off the charts. I mean, the marks, they, there's 120 to 50 marks last night. I mean, where did that come from so just the way that they are playing and particularly with and you heard from Damien Hardwick then this they didn't see this coming this was the moment last night to make a real statement to get some players back into form and push for the eight it was anything but Ryan's on the road you want to have your say good morning to you Ryan yeah good day Kana. I uh I'm a Tiger supporter listen we had a great time the last four years absolutely you know, we've been very successful you know and if we're not going to make it this year. If you do, it's a miracle. And um, even if you don't, well, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy Bulldogs, uh, Melbourne winning the premiership this year. I think some of the stars of Richmond Football Club has carried this team for years. Okay? And I agree with you on that point. Our, our captain, mainly, he, he looked banged up. Dusty looked... He was, he, he's carrying an injury. There's no doubt he's not carrying an injury. He's definitely carrying an injury. And I, I really think they should just, just regenerate the list. Basically, what I meant is uh, there are some great warriors in the football clubs. They need to let them go. Or uh, just look at these young fellas like RCD, um, uh, Patrick Nash, Sydney Stike is, in the, is running, in the, running around in the VFL. They, these guys. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not putting the line through their season yet, but it's hard for them to win it from here. But um, yes, yeah, I reckon going, going into the next year, they just need to recruit a couple of midfield staffs. Uh, or, you know, just upcoming uh, young fellas. Yep, good on you, Ryan. Appreciate your thoughts. A lot of people wanting to have their say. That's the area for me, the midfield. The midfield's in, in a bit of trouble, to be fair. Um, and, you know, I spoke about that on Waitley during the week. Um, Edwards is 33 or about to be 33. Cochin is, um, with all due respect for the champion that he has been, his his form's been on the decline for, for probably um, two to three years and, and injuries have played a factor in that, but he's not influencing games like... He did, so that there needs to be a, a change there and maybe a shift out of the midfield and, and try and come up with a new role for him, perhaps across halfback for the last year of his career. Maybe um, Dustin Martin's form is, is not what 
it has been and what we have expected of him. Um, you know, Jack Graham's been a really impressive player this year, and I think his improvement has been terrific. But Dion Prestia just continues to get injured, as does Lambert. So they need to either trade one of their picks, and they got a good draft hand for an, an experienced player, similar to what they did with Dion Prestia at the end of 2016, or they need to go to the draft and get some midfield depth in there because that's their biggest issue, I think, at the moment. Let's go to Tony. Uh, the Suns were great, Tony. How'd you see it? Oh, mate, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, look, Lynch, he played fantastic. He kicked five. But the midfield is just incredible. What do you think, Cornyn? Well, I thought it was... I thought it was great for the competition, and I, I, you know, we're going to speak to Stuart Dew a little bit later on. In fact, after ten o'clock this morning, to you know, find out what it meant to him and this group with everything going against them, evacuated out of Queensland. Who knows how long they're going to be on the road for? Playing at a ground where they just don't win. What did I see on the Fox Footy coverage last night? It might have been Channel Seven. Their record away from Metricon twenty-one and a hundred and something is just frightening. So I just didn't see that coming, and it felt as though in the, the back end of the third quarter, Richmond were going to come and overrun them. But they held on. Oh, I love the way that they challenged Richmond with their ball movement. They took some risks, didn't always come off, but Lacocious was magnificent across halfback. Took Miller, we've spoken about at length, continues to lead this side. So it was a win that they desperately needed, not dissimilar to Carlton's win um, last week. Good on you, buddy. Let's go to Cathy, who wants to speak about that man who should be in line for his first All-Australian. Cathy. Hi, Kane. Look, I must admit, I'm pretty disappointed because all we're hearing about is Richmond, Richmond, Richmond. The Suns were magnificent. And I oh, I believe everyone watching, if you weren't a Richmond supporter, you would have been barracking mm. for them. And Tuke Miller. Oh, Kane, what a star he is. He just keeps running his guts out for that team. And, oh, just an amazing player. I'm going to say one thing. I'm a Saints supporter. If you watched Richmond Live last week, you knew they were in trouble. Mm. And don't give us excuses that they're playing injured. Don't play them. Don't play them. Like, that. that's an excuse. If you cross the line, you're fit to play. I agree with you. I, I think I get I get quite frustrated when star players of the competition, and just to use an example, Patrick Cripps is not playing well or not playing to expectation. Often injury is used as an excuse. I mean, that's happened for 100 years and it will continue to do. But uh, uh, don't worry, we'll be speaking about Gold Coast, Cathy, um, but the biggest story of the morning is Richmond and where to next for for you know one of the best teams in the modern era. And um, it came crashing down a, a lot sooner and a lot faster and with a bigger thump than I think any of us had expected and certainly um, quicker than even them themselves had expected. Good on you, Cathy. We'll speak to Stuart Dew and pump up the Gold Coast Suns after 10 o'clock. Gary's on the line. You want to speak about Damien Harbick and his contract, contract Gaz? Yeah, mate. I, I agree with everything that you said this morning on your opening. Um... You know, um, statistics have been shown that you take a look at Brisbane when they won four in a row. They've taken a long time to get back up to where they are. Mm. It's taken something like 17, 18 years. You take a look at Hawthorne, they're still trying to get up there. What my point is, though, is you take a look at 
us Richmond, like I bury for the club. I don't bury for the players or the coach. I bury for the yellow and black. But now it's time that Brendan Gale has a look at this. I don't want to wait 37 years for Richmond to get back up there again. I think at the end of 2024 of Zimmer's coaching career, I think if he can't get a team back up there quick, then I think he's gone. He needs to go. It's an early call. It's an early call, Gaz. It's it's off the back of one season. I think you know. I think we'll give Damien Harbick some credits in the bank. He's deserved them, as you said. He's contracted until the end of twenty twenty four. The ink probably hasn't even dried on that contract that he has signed. There's some similarities between his coaching um, path to, to Alistair Clarkson. So look, he'll be an AFL coach for a long time. How long at Richmond? Who knows? But I think it's a bit too early to be suggesting that time is up for Damien Harbour. The the, the uh, broader question for me is, what next? Is, is this a club that can bounce quickly? Can they do uh, what Geelong have done to a lesser extent and remain um, up the top for a long time? And how do you go about that? I mean, the Cats have invested heavily in, in their list in terms of the age and experience, which means that they're always competitive. Do Richmond do that, or do they go with what is a, a really solid draft hand and get some youth and some elite draft picks in? That will be the question for the club, and that question will have to start to be answered uh, reasonably soon. Let's quickly sneak in Tim, who's in Croydon. G'day to you, Tim. You're a, a Tigers fan. There was 9,000 there last night. What would you make of that crowd? No, Kane, I'm a Saints fan, Sorry, actually. Mate. That's all good. I just, I just think it's fantastic. I mean, we're a mediocre club at the moment. We got half the member base those guys have got, and comparatively, we're rocking up, you know, in good numbers every week. These guys are just coming off a dynasty, and their supporters are a disgrace for not showing up, including, including some of my bandwagon mates. I just think it's really piss weak after you know the success they've had to have those numbers supporting them in the last couple of weeks when they've really needed it. It's been ordinary, and that's the question. 0433981116, the Tiger Army, there's 103,000 of you out there. Where are you, and why aren't you showing up? Let us know your thoughts. It's 20 minutes past 9 o'clock. We'll get to Rowan. Uh, two Rowans in a row. That is that is rare. Uh, not a not a common name, Rowan, to get two in a row is rare, so I just uh, was taken aback when I saw that on my screen. Jack and James is on the line. We're taking your calls. We've cleared the decks right through until 10 o'clock. Love to have you say. A uh, little bit later on, I've got a, a five-point plan on how to fix umpiring and how to fix the rules because a couple of decisions last night were, uh, were head-scratching, to say the least. So my five-point plan... I'm going to talk Sean Burgle. I'm going to speak to the Gold Coast Suns coach, Stuart Yu. It's all on the agenda on the captain's run. We're up and running. Jump on the phone and have your say. On SEN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. 26 minutes past 9 o'clock. It's the captain's run. We're fired up in here this morning, as we often do get on a Friday, but we'll also have some fun. We'll pay tribute to Sean Burgoyne. Silk 400 is the hashtag. Some terrific tweets going around for him as we look forward to that game against his former side, Port Adelaide. And the chat we had with Amy Burgoyne, his wife, yesterday was magnificent and well worth just a, just a mini replay for something that she said. And I want to get your thoughts on the back of it. But Rowan's here. He's a disappointed, or you're disappointed in the Tigers fans, Rowan. Yeah, I called up Dwayne Russell yesterday, and I said to said to him, I said, the Richmond Army need to show up for this game. It's very important that they win on the back of St Kilda. And I said, you get Gold Coast on a good day, you never know what might happen. And sure enough, 
Um, they played absolutely brilliant, and hats off to them. It was actually a really, really good contest to watch. I loved watching Tork Miller play. He was unbelievable. And, you know, you could pick out, you know, five or six more or even more out of that. Yep, you're right. Uh, was There was some real positives to take out of Gold Coast performance. There, there was a hunger and a hardness and a desperation out of them that I hadn't seen. Um, and and also, there was a uh, there was a bit of courage, I thought, with the, with the way that they um, went about their plan against Richmond. They were spoken about that mark number, but more often than not, they were prepared to actually take a risk, to switch the ball, to challenge Richmond on defence. And uh, Richmond r- really weren't up for the fight and, and didn't want to shut down those uncontested marks. There was leeway given and a very un-Richmond-like performance, but it's become more common with their form this year, which is a real concern for Damien Harmick and where his side are at and, and their motivation levels. Let's go to another Rowan in Dandenong this time. Good morning to you, Rowan. Oh, good morning, mate. Um, thank you for taking my call. It's, everything's good in hindsight because I suppose with Richmond, um, last week they got outcoached, I reckon, and, and they got beaten up. But last night, I saw the last quarter and, and they were beaten up badly and they looked tired. But I think if you go back to the Sydney game earlier this year when they were beaten, that's where I think they got found out a bit. And Dusty's a barometer because when he gets shut down or he, he doesn't have the influence... Um, and and Cochin, you know, he's off the pace a bit. So they really, as injuries aside, they they're being really tested now. But last night, they to me, they just looked really, really beaten up, and they looked tired. They need they look like they need a break. Um, and I can't see them winning the flag from eighth, not with the current side, because they they just haven't. I don't know. They've got they may have the hunger, but the sides above them are so far ahead of them. Um, and so forth. So I can't see them winning the flag. If they do, um, it'll be miraculous. So they'll be probably the greatest side of all time if they do. I just can't see them doing it from where they are now. They're not winning it from here, Rowan. They're, their biggest um, task is actually to get eighth spot because they could be 11th after uh, 15 games with, with a percentage that's not, not that flash. And Fremantle, what an opportunity is for them. The Giants are still in and around the mark, as are the Bombers, and things could open up for them. I I've got a feeling, Carlton, that, that they won't make it, but I've got a f- some, something in me says, and perhaps I've been um, a little bit too forgiving of Carlton at times this year, something says to me they're going to make a run as well, the Blues. So, so much riding on that game between Carlton and Fremantle uh, this, when is it? Tomorrow night at the MCG. Uh, we'll get to a couple of your texts. G'day, Kane. Well, surprise, surprise, Dimmer looked under enormous pressure last night. And why? Because his team's not performing. Here's the news. A few texts coming through about Dustin Martin's form as well. Um, this one questioning whether he plays well in losing teams and um, his inability to drag teams over the line is a question mark from uh, one of the listeners this morning. Morning, Kane. Wondering your thoughts on the ordinary stuff from Jack Revolt arguing with the umpires after the game, walking off the ground, shaking his head. Pretty ordinary, I thought. Says Brendan. Let's get to another Jack this time on the phones. You want to speak uh, complimentary about the Suns, Jack? What did you? What impressed you? Yeah, go, Kane. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just with the Suns, I just thought, um, you know, backs against the wall, uh, losing to North Melbourne um, can't be good for the confidence. And for for Ben King to come out, do what he did, kick four, 
great great goals. But for Tukmur to carry on what he's been doing this year and finally a bit of prime time attention mm. for, for the great man. I mean, 36 touches and, and, and the influence he has on that team, not only as a player but as a leader as well, pushes back defensively, does not stop running. Uh, it's it's proper follow me stuff. And I just think that um, it's time for us to celebrate um, how good how good he is as a player um, as, as a player all over the ground. And uh, I'm really happy for Stewie Jew because obviously it's a win-loss business. Um, but I, I really like, I really like the direction he's trying to get this team to go in. And I hope that, um, I hope that they stick with him because if they stick with him, um, player retention might improve. And I just, uh, I just think it's, um, it's such, this could be a monumental win for them. Uh, we might look back on this in a few years, uh, um, if we see great improvement from here, because um, that that would have really installed the belief again last night. I thought it was wonderful for football. Yeah. Well said, mate. And we'll speak to Stuart. You're interested to ask him what, where he thinks the deficiencies are in the list, and also from a um, structural point of view around him. We know um, Josh Franco is leaving, and perhaps maybe there might be some other changes to his assistant coaches. What does he need, and what is he looking to bring in to best support him? Um, around the football club and particularly in the football department and then from a list point of view where is there some holes and some deficiencies that he likes to fill so uh, the victorious coach Stuart Jew will join us after 10 o'clock on the captain's run this morning looking forward to doing that let's go to Essen and speak to James uh, you want to change gears James you want to speak about the Blues yes I want to talk about the CEO Kane Little how he runs the boys club down there Kane they worked hard to get the sauce back at the club and they treated him that bad, he's one of our greats. No backup from the board, the gutless board, I call them, and the president. They're a very ordinary club. He doesn't know the history of this club, and they gave away a lot of memberships this year to make their 80,000, a lot of them for nothing, Kane. Mm. So they're running a bit of a circus down at that club. What what would you like to see changed, James? Where does the blame lie or what would your solution be? Well, they're having a review that I think they're just going to cover everything up as they usually do. I I actually think they need a big clean out down there. I don't, and you said they're going to make the aid. Kane, please don't say no, that. No, no, I, did, I didn't, hang on, I didn't say they're going to make the aid. I said I don't think they'll get there, but I think with the draw that they've got, they have an opportunity to make a, a real push towards the eight. They still have to play Geelong. Mm. <laughs> they got they got some other winnable games in there as well. We'll see. I've been wrong about Carlton this year. I, I had them. I think I had them seventh at the start of the year, or certainly inside the eight. They've they're the team that I've tipped wrong most this year. The Blues. Uh, I've tipped them again this week, so I don't know what I'm doing. But uh, anyway, I, I've got Carlton wrong. I overestimated them this year, but let's see if they can make a run for it. Blues fans, always happy to take your calls. You are usually strong with your voices on a Friday morning. Uh, Terry wants to speak about crowds. Tez, there was 9,000 there last night. How worried should we be? Um, yeah, good day. How are you doing? Good, mate. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, I'm also worried. Is there tickets going out for sale for the Carlton Fremantle game on Saturday night? Or? We'll have to get some info for you around that, we get a whole heap of texts coming through when it, when a ticket's going on sale. I don't have that information at hand for you right now, but when it does come through, or if I'll get uh, uh, Mel and the guys to chase that up out the back for you, just to, to keep you updated on when you can grab a ticket. Well, yeah, that'd be great. Good on you. Well done. And, um, yeah, go Blues. Good on you, mate. <laughs> go Blues. It's uh, going to be an interesting day of footy tomorrow, and particularly at the MCG. 
and a pretty good opportunity for Fremantle as well um, to play on a ground that they didn't want to play at their first fourth choice, but if they want to be serious, they've got to win games like this, so we'll wait and see how that plays out. Uh, Scotty's on the line. He wants to turn his attention back to the Tigers. What's your thoughts, Scott? Hey, um, good morning, Kane. Um, I watched the first quarter, then I turned it off, and I was a dog, I'm a doggies fan, so it doesn't worry me, but I thought, um, Gold Coast Man never, can't deny that, but I turned it off and watched Melbourne Storm. Did I couldn't bother watching the way the game was. What's, who do you support? Who's your AFL team? I yeah, right. And you had enough. You switched off. I had enough. Yeah, I switched off half a quarter time because I thought, this is not a game I want to watch. Richmond were, um, I mean, nothing again. Richmond didn't look, didn't even look interested in playing. Mm. I was just, you know, doing their own thing. Couldn't do anything. But it was sometimes Cotchin was um, going, going half-hearted at a point. And I thought, this is not the crap I want to watch. I watched Melbourne Storm. Scotty switched off, turned it over to Melbourne Storm. They won again, didn't they? As they always do. What are they? Fourteen and two for the season now, just dominating again. Melbourne Storm. What a what a team and club they have been for such a long period of time. The envy of many around Australia. Peter is in Tullamarine. You want to give the Tigers a whack, Pete? Off you go. Oh yes. Hello, Kane. You know, do you know Trout from what end? You know, regularly rings up. Yeah, I know him well. Yeah, oh, yep, yep. He's floating in the Yarra River in the Sea of Carp. Yep. Um, <laughs> he's, been, he's, been, he's been quiet lately, hasn't he? Trevor? Yeah, yeah, he's probably, um, they're down and out. They're gone, they're finished. I reckon the 100,000 members, they've got 70, one, one membership, one game membership, and that'll be the grand final they're hoping to get into. Yeah, a few, few pet memberships, I think, floating around at a few clubs. That 103,000 membership number doesn't, quite seem to be accurate at the moment or certainly uh, 90 odd thousand of, of them not turning up which is somewhat strange I get low crowds and I get the reasons for it but 9,000 last night on a Thursday there is no way regardless of the circumstances that that would have been the case in the last two seasons when the Tigers have been flying so the question remains why aren't you going Richmond fans and where is the so-called Tiger Army I'd love to hear from you Ken's on the line uh, Tom Lynch kicked five. Ken, thank goodness. Yeah, just yeah, morning, mate. Hope you hope you well. Um, I'm a Blues supporter, so either way, but it was good to see the Suns get up. And yeah, exactly that. Two points. But firstly, Lynch. If he wasn't there, the score would have looked a whole lot worse. And I tell you, if Gold Coast kicked half of theirs straighter, they would have annihilated them. Mm, yep, 27 scoring shots to 10. It was an absolute smashing last night. And Scoreboard flooded Richmond, no doubt about that. Game could have been over at halftime. Andrew wants to speak about the Tigers as well. Good day to you, Andrew. Welcome to the Captain's Run. Morning, Kane. How are you, mate? Good. I'm a dull hard uh, Tigers supporter, and obviously the last couple of weeks have really hurt. You know, taking into consideration we have won the three out of the last four five, so that's obviously made the hurt less, if that makes sense. Yeah, but, oh, it makes sense. Yep. Um, I, 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 by all means, I just want to quickly read it. I'm not having to go here at Hardwick, but his comments throughout the year and made me question as to what's happening at Richmond. You know, last night he's saying that the boys are still hungry. Well, obviously they're still hungry, but there's, there's obviously issues that we need to rectify. And we're con- he's constantly saying in the last, you know, six weeks, we've got work to do, we've got work to do. But where's the work coming from? What work do we need to work on? You know, we got absolutely annihilated by Gold Coast's very average midfield. You know, Took Miller has to be in all Australian this year. But, you know, inside 50s, I think the final count last night was like uh, 53 to like 38 or something like that. Yeah, so that, plus, that, that's... plus 16 to the Suns. Like on, on every metric, 
Like, if you just picked up a stat sheet this morning, you didn't see uh, a minute of the football last night, you go, and you don't see the score, you go, Gold Coast by 40 points. On, on every significant metric you look at, it was a com- comprehensive loss last night. Smashing. Absolute smashing. Yeah. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, we might hear a little bit more from Damien Hardwick shortly, but he spoke pre-game. I thought it was, you know, you can pick up little cues of, of where they see themselves and how they were looking to reset and, and bounce again heading into the finals. Um, and even they got it significantly wrong for just how bad they are going at the moment and underestimated, you know, the issues that are confronting the playing group at the moment. Um, so we'll hear a little bit more from Damien Hardwick, who spoke pregame on Fox Footy last night. But in the meantime, let's go to Patrick in Mooney Ponds. Holding the ball is confusing me, uh, Patrick, at the moment. Is it confusing you? Mate, look, um, compared to last year, uh, the holding the ball rule, they've they've really relaxed that because look, I'm an Essendon supporter, and against Melbourne, it was it, it you know we had so many holding the balls, Tip and Woody in front of in front of goal, they just don't give it. They don't give it in the in the 50 meter zone for the attacking team. They don't give it a free. And what do you have? To, how many times can you spin around while someone's tackling you before the umpire ball, um, blows his whistle? So you can spin around as long as you don't drop it. And you still hold, and you've got possession. You can spin around until a teammate comes past and hand and hand pass. I think something has to change. Yep, I agree. The Tom Lynch one that wasn't paid last night, I, I had to tweet about it, actually. I was a little bit frustrated by that. So I've got a, a five-point plan on how to fix umpiring coming up later on in the show, and I'd love to get your thoughts on that and get your suggestions as well. It's 18 minutes to 10 o'clock. We'll get to Jane, Frank and Shane on the other side of this. It's 13 minutes to 10 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Plenty happening. We'll get to a lot of your calls. Don't worry. If you give us a buzz, you'll get on before 12 o'clock today. Uh, this te- uh, t- actually, It's actually a tweet because I did tweet out last night the vision of Tom Lynch not being um, penalised for holding the ball last night. I thought it was a clear holding the ball. Matt says, this was actually a really well umpired passage of play, mate. The first tackle doesn't stick. He then attempts to handball. The second tackle is after he's no longer in possession. Holding the ball, rule 18.6 in the AFL. There's a sub um, rule on this, 18.6.2. Holding the ball, prior opportunity. When a player in possession of the football has had prior opportunity, like Tom Lynch had done last night because he tried to fend off the tackle, a field umpire shall award a free kick if that player does not correctly dispose of the football immediately when they are legally tackled. I thought it was holding the ball last night. I disagree with your tweet there, Matt, but thanks for your input. Let's go to uh, Jane, who wants to defend the Tigers. Jane, off you go. Oh, oh, no, on a few points, yep. um, I didn't actually hear whether you acknowledged Lynch's five goals and that he played a, a really good role last night. I um, I really think it's down to clearances. We, we are not getting any clearances. I don't know the stats, but I probably counted three clearances last night. Um, and a bit of a revolving door of new players. So they're in, they're out, and no one's really getting a look in. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Collier Dawkins playing more and I'm just wondering what's happened to um, Daniel Rioli. I'd hoped that he might be in last night. A few small forwards. Um, I think the selectors are getting it a bit wrong too. I think too your many point, Yeah, I think your point around the midfield is well made. Uh, I, th- I think that to me is the biggest issue at the moment. Now, Nan, Nan Curvis hurts in that because he's the, he's the one that the other midfielders 
I guess, jump on the back of. And, and not that he wins games off his own boot, but his influence has been so significant. You play better with a big ruckman. And so, so his injury has hurt absolutely Dion Prestia and his continual um, body breaking down. And this is a real issue now for Richmond, one that probably hasn't been spoken about enough because he's still a reasonably young man, Dion, and should have a lot of football ahead of him. He had significant hamstring injuries prior to being drafted and whilst he had a really good run at it for a four-year period there, he, he continually breaks down. So that's an issue. And, and the age of, of Trent Cochin and his form, as I said, is the elephant in the room. So got to start investing into the midfield. Now, if Shea Bolton leaves, it's catastrophic for Richmond because he's been their most consistent midfielder this year and he remains unsigned, which, which would have to be a worry. I mean, we're, we're round into round 17 for the Tigers next week and he's unsigned. Now, if he leaves... What do they do with that midfield? So I think your point is well made, Jane. And Dan Rioli, well, he's just not in good form and hasn't been in good form for probably two seasons. So maybe he needs a change of scenery as well. Appreciate your input. Let's go to Coburg and speak to Frank. You want to chat about the Tigers also, Frank? Frankie? No, he's just gone quiet on us. A bit like the Tigers fans last night. They went quiet. Uh, Shane wants to speak about crowds. G'day, Shano. Yeah, good day, uh, Kane. Just before I get on to that, with Richmond, to all your Richmond supporters, you've won three out of four. You lost one of the best backmen ever in Rams. You still, you've had a mighty performance over the four years, so be grateful for what you've had. Absolutely. Everything that Shane, goes up, everything, everything, spot on. I'm a Collingwood man. I'm a Collingwood man. Everything that goes up comes down, right? But uh, three out of four, I would say I'd give a right arm for that. Anyway, to the crowds, like a lot of Collingwood supporters are uh, starting to... Uh, get upset a little bit because we get emails or notifications that we, our window of opportunity is uh, between 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. on a on a Wednesday. Mm. Now I get caught up in work and I and I miss it. So I've missed going the last two weeks. I pay a thousand dollars a year for membership, as do a lot of others. Club Five Legends, and we're missing games. And I think we live in the world where efficiencies, everything, everything's easy to get and obtain, click here. This is just. This is going to kill the crowds because it's just too bloody difficult. And a pity the people that are working, they can't get online. No, you're right. Um, there, there's some issues around it. Now, for the caller that we had about the Carlton game this afternoon, um, so tickets go on sale for Fremantle on the Blues today. It goes like this. MCC members from 12 o'clock today. You can get your tickets. AFL members from 1 p.m., club members from 3 p.m., and then the general public from 5 p.m., of course. The crowd is capped at 25,000 at the MCG. You, you would hope the crowd capacity increases like come on let's let's be real but Shane your point is spot on about Richmond I said to my son the other day I said he, he gets quite emotional when Port Adelaide lose I said Sonny if you can see two premierships in your lifetime for Port Adelaide that's that's a massive result that that's a big win some some are lucky to get one some don't get any so if you get two in your lifetime I'd take that right. If I saw another Port Adelaide premiership in my lifetime I'd take it right now Richmond have seen as you said Shane Three and four years, it'll be three and five years this this year. So your point is well made. It is uh, nearly seven minutes to 10 o'clock. We'll get to Sarah, we'll get to Fred, we'll get a whole heap of your texts on the temper text, 0433981116. Just repeating, Gold Coast coach Stewie Dewey's been under the pump. It was great to see him get a win. It was good for football. He's going to join us on the show after 10. On ECN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. Bit of confusion about the rules coming through as always. Nothing new there. But Sarah, you have joined us and you've got a thought on holding the ball. Thanks for your call. 
Sarah's just dropped out. I was looking forward to speaking to her about the holding the ball rule, but let's go to Fred. In the meantime, you want to defend the Tigers, Fred? Yeah, g'day, straight shooting corn. How are you? <laughs> I missed what you called me, but anyway, carry on. Your point on I, Richmond? I said, I said straight shooting. Uh, straight shooting okay. corn. No, I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind that, Fred. Hey, what's your thought on Richmond? Well, I've got three points, Kane. First of all, I agree with um, that we're out of form, especially Trent and um, uh, quite a number of players, mm. and uh, the last two weeks have been poor. But let's also defend them in their injuries. I know everyone has injuries, but their injuries have they've had four or five out. They get two back, lose three. They get two back, they lose four. So that hasn't helped them at all. And also, another thing I want to take you up on, um, is that um, the crowds at the moment don't reflect what's going on. It's very hard to get a ticket. It's very hard to get information. So to even get 10,000 when the, the, um, the, the capacity is, you know, 25, is, is all you can do because people are at the last minute ex- expected to turn up to a game when they, when they don't even know whether they get in or not. Mm, yeah, I, I think a couple of things. I think your point on injury is is fine, um, but it doesn't excuse 22 points in a game of football against a bottom six side, and it certainly doesn't excuse a performance like that against the Gold Coast Suns, who have you know, we've all been labelling as a mess this year. So they were good enough to win last night. There's sig- some significant issues as to why they're not performing and I don't think a lot of it has to do with injury and on the crowds, yeah I get that but it doesn't help when your CEO and your coach bag Marvel why would any of the fans turned up, that was a strategical nightmare what the Richmond Football Club said about Marvel this year, plenty more coming up on the Captain's Run Big 2 Hours, Shui Ju next Thanks for your company on the Captain's Run this morning. It's time now to get to the coach of the victorious Gold Coast Suns in what was one of the best wins I've seen them play. They got it done by 10 points against the reigning Premier Richmond last night. The coach is Stewie Dewey joins us. Dewey, thanks so much for your time and congratulations. No, thanks very much. It was um, yeah, it was obviously a good win. We've we've been working hard. It hasn't quite translated on field, but the, you know, the training standard has been high and it came through last night. What does it do for the group, a win like that? Oh, it's just an injection of belief. I think, um, you know, no doubt we've, we had lost a little bit of confidence. So I guess maybe to come up against a team where, you know, no one expected us to win. So there was a bit of no fear attitude. And um, and then we, our confidence grew throughout the game that we were able to control it a little bit. And, I mean, your, your honesty this, I think the last fortnight has been, it's been refreshing to be honest. I think it was about a fortnight ago where you spoke about the pressure that you feel, that the group feels and that the industry feels really and you feel it every day. I mean, how difficult has it got this year with everyone really coming hard for you? Um, oh, I guess I guess the the point I was trying to make is that whether or not it's ran up externally, you, you're always under pressure because you feel this obligation to to the group, to the club and, and to the competition. So we've, I think, um, you know, John Haynes, our GM after the game, he said, well, we didn't underreact to the last fortnight. We didn't overreact. So that was important that we were consistent. Um, and, and then that's important in our leadership that we we still stayed the course. Um, and obviously the job's not done, but I think last night shows that the, the sky isn't falling in and, and that we're going about it the right way. We're just going to have some ups and downs at different times due to the demographic of our list. 
Um, but I think they, you know, just an injection of belief for the lads that if they play the way we want to play, that the the game can reward us. Do you use the week's events? I mean, and, and you know, there's eight teams in a similar position to you all getting out. But did the young group use it as motivation? Did it come at the right time? Did you? I don't know. How did you address you know getting out of Queensland and and being here for for how knows who knows how long? Yeah, I reflected on that probably last night. I think we had a bit of a dry run back in round three when we went to Adelaide. It was really similar. On the Tuesday, you know, we got notice that we had to leave. Um, that was only similar um, in the sense that we got a, we got an overnight notice before then. But this one was, you know, pack your bags and we were pretty much ready to go. So that, that might have contributed a little bit, just broke the cycle. And, and it was a little bit different. So... Potentially for them, it was um, a bit of a circuit breaker, a bit of a change that we needed. So, but I think that it just shows that if you're if you're willing to reset, no matter what happens during the week, you're able to reset for game day that you can you can focus on the task at hand. So, talk to me about the way you play because if you just picked up a stats sheet and looked at it, it was an absolute smashing. So, a comprehensive victory, and you know, no disrespect to Richmond, but plus sixteen contested, your uncontested stuff was great. I mean. The marks and your, I guess, your dare to actually take the ball through the middle and challenge Richmond with their defence was there. So, was that something that's been building, or was it specifically addressing Richmond and um, the way you wanted to play against them? Oh, it's been building in a sense that this is the how we train and this is how we we want to play, and um, we just have not been able to get that from. You know, we walked away from the the North Melbourne week and. Wednesday was our best session for the year, both from a competitive sense and I guess how we, we wanted to move the ball. We, we just didn't translate it. So I guess that that's what held us in good stead, like a little bit of confidence, even though we didn't get the result. We knew we were getting the work in and the reps. So that was important for us. Um, and we, we did a little bit more dare and, and not been so worried about the consequences of, you know, if you if you pull the trigger on that inside one, which, which we did a couple of times last night at the, the wrong times again. But... You know, we're going to have to live with a little bit of pain to, to get these flying hours up and, and play the way we want to play. How were you in the, the final stages? The camera sort of kept panning to you. You couldn't quite get a gauge because you had your mask firmly fixed to your face, but there were some, <laughs> some nervous moments, Dewey, late. Oh, yeah, it was. And I think for us, we uh, would we kick the the last goal in every quarter, and that that hasn't been something we've been able to do. We've, we have conceded goals late. So, pleasingly, when, when Richmond hit the front, you know, we've trained scenarios a fair bit and, and they were pretty calm. I think the players were calm. I'm not sure. Mm. Had to give them a mask and wash after. A little bit of saliva probably <laughs> on the inside. But I was a little bit nerve-wracking. But I think I said to the to the boys in the box, I said, well, when there was two and a half minutes to go, we had it set exactly how we wanted, how we've trained it. So I, I said, well, it's actually, it's over to them now, lads. We've just got to sit back and, and hope they get the job done. And, and they did. The inaccuracy was frustrating as well. You're not the only team to suffer from that, but you've kicked 10-17. Young Ainsworth, I thought he was terrific. I think he's got a, a bright future. He kicked one four. Um, so to, to hang in there with some real disappointment in front of goal was, was pretty impressive as well. Yeah, it shows a fair bit of resilience. And I think, you know, that you have those games where you're missing and it, and, and generally good teams make you pay and you can, you can root that at the end of the game. So I think I made that comment in the first quarter. I, was, I said, well... Yeah, these are the ones you got to take when you're playing good teams. And you know, I think we have nine shots in the first quarter, and we just weren't able to get that that buffer. Um, but I think it was yeah a good sign that 
that they didn't let that get to them and, and they kept plugging away. It can spread and it did at different times, but then some of the boys like Ben King and kicked a couple of crucial ones just to settle the settle the nerves. How are you from a health point of view? Couple couple of issues last night. A few sore boys. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Josh Corbett uh, had a head knock, so he'll go into the the protocols. So he will obviously miss the next game. Um, and then a few sore boys, but we'll we'll check in with them this morning. You know, we've we always talk to the lads that you know you, you got to hurt to get the four points. So if you're not hurt after the game, we haven't gone hard enough. So I think we'll we'll just reassess this morning. Um, you know, Sam Collins tweaked his ankle a little bit, so you know, hopefully that that'll be okay. He's really important to our our footy club in terms of the on-ground leadership. But other than that, I think most guys got through. Stuart Drew, the Gold Coast Suns, joining us this morning on the captain's run on SEN. So, mate, moving forward, you'd be reviewing things all the time, but clearly you need um, to replace one or two assistant coaches. That's been well documented. Uh, what do you need around you, do you think? And have you started thinking about uh, the best structure for you beyond this year? Um, yeah, well, we've obviously got one vacancy um, with Josh heading back home and then, you know, I guess after COVID, most teams were probably looking at, okay, where where do you need to make the cuts? Mm. And and now as we wanted to prioritise the, the physical composition of the players. So, you know, in that sense, you know, we may have a spot for, for another cut potentially. Um, but even in the in the leadership space, we've had Neil Craig um, and, and can we expand that? Because he's he's been really outstanding for the players, but also myself and, and the rest of the coaching group. So, they're the areas that we think we need to just assess and, and by the time we get to the end of the year, we can have a firm plan on, on what it looks like going forward. And from a list management point of view, where do you think you're lacking? Uh, probably like most teams, we'd love a, you know, um, a bit of depth in the in the key forward and key back. Mm. But then also, um, you know, there's always that the room for more experience. And I think I've gone on record saying that we... We're really happy with with our age of our younger players and and who they are and, and where they play. So, you know, we're certainly looking at some getting some experience in. We think the the games when we've missed our experienced guys, it really does hurt. There's a bit of a void. So when Dave missed against North and and Sam, and obviously with Witsy out all year, it's left a a little bit of a hole. So we're trying to plug that hole through through list, but also you know in squad development. When you say experience, I mean, would you would you look at? I mean, I think you've had a crack in the past at having a conversation with a Sean Burgoyne type or a Jared Ruffhead type. I think that's on the record. Would you would you have a crack at you know someone post thirty who's into the last two or three years in their career? Similarly, what you know Birchall's done or Hodges done at Brisbane. Yeah, they are conversations we've had. We haven't just haven't got over the line with that, and so we'll continue to look at is it. The post thirty, post twenty eight, um, they've got to be the right people, and and we're certainly having a look at what squads, and particularly through the back half of the year, you can start to get a feel for who who might be getting moved on at a mm. different time, or, or what this may be willing to to trade trade someone in that space. So we we hopefully can be pretty busy in the back half of the year and, and just checking out who's out there and, and what can they add. Do you feel like you've coached? them hard enough like you've been demanding enough on you know you, you see just the occasional behind the goals where there's some real defensive lapses and highlighted a couple of, of those on uh, Jack Lacocious who was outstanding I thought last night have you been hard enough and demanding enough behind the scenes do you think yeah we're, we're really demanding and it's and it's always a balance mm. because sometimes when if the results aren't coming 
and then you continually smash, you've got to come in a different way. So we always, you know, the coaching group get together and we talk about, okay, what what does the review need to look like? But it, there's always high accountability. Um, and I think that's it. That's why we're talking, you know, that on-ground leadership, that's important, the instant feedback stuff, making sure our guys are getting that done on, on game day as well, because it's all well and good coming in Monday and, and being an expert on the Monday, but we need to have some guys that can address it at the time. And, and we're starting to see some of the benefits of guys doing that, but you know, Jack was outstanding mm. last night and you know, it was a little bit of a different role for him. And he, he played tall um, and at different times we've, we've had him play small, but he, he took on the extra responsibility to play tall and, and we're really happy with him. Reckon Matt Rowe's building as well. Like he stood up in a couple of contests last night and was able to, you know, dispose of the ball under fierce, uh, physical pressure. He's got the knee strapped, he's got the shoulder strapped, and you can tell his confidence perhaps has taken a bit of a, a hit with with what happened with his body. But he's getting better um, the last three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we're really confident that he'll he'll continue to build. And we just got to remember, you know, internally and, and externally that he's he's missed two years. We know his first four games were. A little bit out of this world, but he's a lad who enjoys his footy. He has missed two years, so he's going to take a little while. Whether even if you're a veteran and you missed a couple of years, it takes a little while to get back into it. But you're right; there was a couple of critical contests where he didn't cough up the ball, and and you start to see the that aggression really coming back. And his confidence will continue to grow. And it was a good; it was his birthday yesterday, so he's pretty happy last night. It's a good birthday. How did you? I mean. It's- COVID times, but did you let the boys just enjoy it for an hour or two before you move on on, on Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, well, we we just back at the hotel and, and stayed together. And then if a couple of guys were, were keen to see family, obviously they're, they're able to go and do that. So that's important while we're here because, you know, particularly for us, a lot of guys are away from family. So for the last 18 months, they haven't been able to see them as frequently as they would have liked and, and we'd like to encourage. So, you now we kept it really low key and and then we've got our VFL team play tomorrow. So um, it's kind of a little bit different. We've got our programs running on, on different days for the next couple of days, but we'll make sure we, we get around those and, and be really supportive of those guys as well. What do you know about the, the upcoming week? You've got the Giants. Oh, sorry, you've got the, the, yeah, the Giants, but supposed to be at yep. Giants Stadium. It, it won't be there, you wouldn't think. Dewey, have you been given any information of what it looks like? No, I think, I think we definitely know it's not there. So um, I guess in our head, we're planning that, it, that it's likely in Melbourne um, at this point. So we're, we're probably going to just about to run down to a meeting now and hopefully get some, some clarity in the next two or three days and, and then we'll plan for that. But, uh, you know, our guys are, are pretty tight-knit, so they're enjoying spending a bit of extra time together and we'll wait for the word and, and get ready to play exactly how we did. Well, let's get to that meeting, mate. It was it was great to watch. It was a, a, a really strong performance from a young group who you felt like they needed it. So congratulations on the work that you've done and hanging in there and, and good luck for the rest of the year. Thanks for that. Gold Coast got it done by 10 points. We've spoken about it at length this morning. If you want to jump on the phone and have your say, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What an important win it was for Stewie Dew and the young Gold Coast Suns. Stewie Jew, our guest on the Captain's Run, will take your calls on the other side of this. Jump on the phone and have your say. On ECN, the Captain's Run with Kane Corns. Royce going backwards now as McSwain looks downwards and drives harder again for the line. They're not going to close on him. The fatigue is there. The tactic has worked. He's dragged this thing out of them. But watch the clock. This is so quick. 3.48.37. Lewandowski may have snatched second place 
from Jai Edwards. It is indeed a new Australian record. And that has survived 16 years for Stewie McSwain. That is quite some run. It's the fastest time in the world this year, as you can see, by six and a half seconds. Any excuse to talk running, I will, but I didn't need an excuse this morning because our man, Stewie McSwain, who we've had on this program, he's probably Australia's best medal hope in a track and field event at the Olympics that we've had for some time. He broke the Australian record in the mile last night, which is a marquee event. He's run three minutes, 48 seconds and 37 seconds. He was first. His Australian mate, Jai Edwards, was in third with 349.27. It's, it's a phenomenal performance. As you heard, that record has stood. Uh, Craig Mottram, uh, Buster, has held that since 2006, I was. It means that Stewie McSwain now holds the Australian record in the 1,500 metre, the 3,000 metre, the 10,000 and the mile, and he's red hot ahead of the Olympics, which is only weeks away. So the King of King Island is dominating running fans um just just a little excuse to to get that in and, and hopefully we'll speak to him next week because we've had him on the show before he's an absolute ripper and there was a terrific double page spread that conrad marshall did with him in sunday's age and uh should grab it because he's one of the most inspiring australian athletes that we have at the moment uh your texts are coming through thick and fast if anyone hadn't noticed the tigers are still in the eight lol with so many key players out says jason uh, I've only just managed to forgive Stewie Jew for decimating my cats in the 2008 grand final. That said, really happy for him after last night, and I hope it's the start of something good for him and the Suns, says Rich. Good on you, Rich. Uh, hey, Kane, can you do me a favour and explain the logic of your Denver Granger Barras for Hugo Hagen trade, and then the very next day say that Denver will be the Hawks' next captain? Thanks. Now, it wasn't the very next day. I, on um, Footy Classified on Monday night, I said, yeah, I loved what I saw from Denver Granger Barras. He didn't take a backward step. He's aggressive. He looks like he's got captain written all over him. It was just a hypothetical trade that I mentioned. It was more in relation to the Western Bulldogs, not focusing on Hawthorne. I just thought with the stocks of young key forwards that the Dogs have got and their lack of hiding key position presence down back, if a trade for a young key defender came up, and I just used Denver Granger Barras as an example, I said the Western Bulldogs should absolutely look at it, trading their number one draft pick from last year. Uh, so I wouldn't blink at um, just shutting that off completely. I'd absolutely have a look at some offers available for Hugo Hagen, considering Sam Darcy is also coming in and Aaron Norton's down there as well. Let's go to Frank. Uh, he's on the phone. If you want to have your say, you can do so. Like Frank, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Morning to you, Frank. Morning, going. Kane uh, got cut off before, but anyway, what I was going to say, if Brisbane would have beaten Collingwood in that preliminary final, do you know they would have had four, four flags in a row now? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like Collingwood holds four flags in a row. And like I said to the reception, Collingwood won three in a row against Richmond. So, and, uh, and I'm a Collingwood supporter, and I'm thinking that Sam Mitchell still coach Collingwood with a young squad, and you never know, in five, six years' time, he might win three in a row. So explain that to me, Frank, about, about Collingwood holding three flags in a row. 
Collingwood's got four flags in a row. 27, 28, 29, 30, 100 years ago. Right, so sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If Richmond would have been in Collingwood in that preliminary final, they would have had four mm. flags in a row, possibly. Mm. Mm. And that record will still stand. Mm. But I reckon Sam Mitchell should go to Collingwood. Like you said, I like your opinions on uh, on the Sunday footy show. Sam Mitchell, untried coach, young squad, you never know, slide indoors. Like uh, you would say. You never know, do you? And that's going to be uh, a really interesting space to watch is the race for the Collingwood coaching job and where to now. You, you couldn't go with Ross Lyon now. He's, uh, from my understanding and listening to his comments on Wednesday night, he's, he's ruled himself out. So Ross Lyon is out. It may just have to be an, an Adam Kingsley or a Sam Mitchell or... Who knows? Pies fans would love to get your thoughts on that. We've done it all week, but more than happy to read a text or two on who you th- should think should be the next coach. Uh, Josh is in Sunbury. G'day, Josh. Hey, Kato. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Uh, look, I'm, I'm a mutual supporter, and I think Richmond's uh, uh, obviously been one of the, the great teams that I've seen individually. But on last night's performance, I think... I don't want it to go unnoticed. I remember Hardwick's comments a, a few weeks back around Marvel Stadium and they don't want to play. And, mate, I don't know about you, but I watched last night's game quite intensely. And to me, it looked like the players didn't want to be there. It looked like they didn't really care. And it's not taking anything away from the Gold Coast. But you look at the crowd, you look at the players' performance, you look at the turnovers, the uncharacteristic turnovers from top-flight players. I think more needs to be spoken about the effort last night. I, I think that was a disgrace for mm. such a good team. I, I was actually embarrassed for Richmond, to be honest. And the last two, it's not just isolated to last night. I mean, you can you can get the odd really poor performance and, and Geelong would be in that category against a, a really good outfit against Brisbane last week. And you think, yeah, I'll, I'll give Geelong some grace because they've been up for three or four weeks. They've run into a red-hot Brisbane side who are premiership contenders at home and... Um, we'll let them off and we'll, we'll give it a bit more time to assess exactly where the cats are at. But this isn't just an isolated one. This is performances against two bottom six sides in St Kilda where they kicked 22 points. I, I couldn't sweep that under the carpet last week and you know, I based my comments on that all week, riding Richmond off on the back of that. You just you don't have premiership contenders that kick 22 points against bottom six sides. It doesn't happen. And, yeah, I think you're right on... on I think it was a, a, a big, arrogant mistake that uh, Richmond did and, and and the way that they spoke about Marvel this year. And I said it at the time and I didn't back away from it. The club did back away from it. And no doubt the AFL got into the year of Damien Hardwick and, and the Richmond hierarchy because quickly after, they backed away pretty significantly from those comments. But the coach and the club, but particularly the coach, sets the mood and the attitude of his players. Every time they speak publicly, you've got to be really careful because the players are listening and it does filter through the group and it filters through the fans. It's, it's what, no wonder they don't turn up. It's no wonder the players don't look like they want to play there, which is amazing considering where football was outside of Victoria at this time last year. It should have been should have been a blessing to play at Marvel and not have to jump on a plane. So, yeah, really disappointing. I don't disagree with anything you just said then, Josh. It was a good call. Let's go to Gary in Lara. You think the Tigers' problems are off the field, Gaz? Kano, let's have a close look at actually what's happening here. Now, remember, a lot of the commentators say this game of AFL, it's all above the shoulders. It's all between the ears. So you are very, very, very accurate describing the stats for how poor Richmond did last night, remembering now the premiership team from last year. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just look at what's happened. 
Well, we've got the coach. He's gone on and saying, you know, we were the family club, mm. everything. You know, we're all humming along nicely here. And all of a sudden, well, that's not how we find out it has been. Mm-hmm. And that can happen, and that's fine. No problem. But you weren't what you gave the impression that you were. Number two, AFL players are educated to the max about public relations, behaviour, etc. So what happens mid-season? A couple of the boys involved in a brawl at the pub. Well, there's a $20,000 fine out of that one. Oh, OK, well, let's quickly go for the spin doctors and try and cover that one up. Oh, yeah, it wasn't their fault. They were covering up for someone. Oh, OK, we'll believe that. And number three, the coach says, oh, you know what, this Marvel is crap. How come we got to go down the street a couple of k's and play at Marvel? Well, bugger me, well, you called that out a, a while back and the only one that did was you. So... Tell me, if you're wondering what's going on, mm. just have a look at what's going on off-field because the Tigers are stuffed. Gary, uh, I can't argue with any of it, to be fair. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to respond to Gary's comments. Um, I think he summed it up pretty nicely. It's time now for the 10.30 news headlines. Thank you to you, Alex. A lot of text coming through in relation to Gary's call then, but this one, that bloke was spot on. Let's head to Perth and speak to Warren. G'day, Was. Yeah, g'day, Kane. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Um, look, I think we all acknowledge at the moment that the AFL and the, and the clubs in general are doing a great job to keep the game going. But uh, something just piqued my interest last night. I was watching uh, Eddie Maguire after the game, and, and I often listen to a lot of what Eddie has to say, but he received a text message. And the text message came through, and it talked about how obviously Fremantle have to uh, give up their home game advantage this week to Carlton, which, which is fair enough. That's, that's just the way it is at the moment with the borders. But then he sort of also mentioned that Hawthorne picked up an extra game last week against GWS. So they've actually had one extra home game. So, you know, in the interest of fairness, given we're supposed to be playing Hawthorne and Tassie next week and Tassie didn't want us to actually travel down there this weekend, how about they, uh, the VFL... Oh, hang on, did I say VFL? I mean, the AFL actually refixed to that across to Optus next week and just try and even up that draw a bit. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess it relates to the government and um, we're hoping that lockdown ends on time in Perth and all of that. Look, nothing is really fair, unfortunately, and we might hear a little bit from um, Paul Marsh, who's the AFL Players Association. He spoke on Dwayne's World yesterday. We'll get his views on um, the situation confronting the players at the moment and what they are and are not prepared to do. But in terms of getting a fair fixture this year or last year, um, not going to happen, unfortunately. And some teams, like Brisbane did last year, will benefit more than most. Some won't. In the end, if you're good enough, you'll get there. If Fremantle are good enough, was they'll beat Carlton. Um, a change for Carlton, more injuries, Fife's back in. Play at the MCG, who cares? Use the attitude that if you're good enough, you'll get there. And that's where we'll end up. We'll end up with the best team winning the flag this year. I'm, I'm certain of that. But thank you to your call. Bruins on the line in Mornington. You want to speak about the Hawks, Bruin? Um, you said that um, Alistair Clarkson should leave Hawthorne and go somewhere else, correct? Mm, not sure that was me, Bruin. Oh, it was you. And um, well, well, Hang on, hang on, hang on. Where did I say that? Uh, last, last show, I'm pretty sure. You said you should go to Collingwood? Mm, no, th- th- I'm not sure that was me, mate. Well, anyway, Hawthorne have the quickest rebuild. He's turned the club around in 18 months. Got the best back six in years to come. Will Days, Grimshaw, CJ, Hardwick. It's Will Days World, and we're just looking at it. He's the, the best second-year player in the comp. They're 17th, mate. The H
they'll be playing they'll be playing finals next year. From seventeenth. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to have to wait and see next, on that. Next, well, yeah, next, next year. year. Yeah, I'm not sure that uh, we can say that on the back of four and ten in seventeenth with a percentage of eighty two that Hawthorne have been turned around and that the rebuild is complete. I think that may be a stretch, Bruin. Um, but thank you for your thoughts. Anouk's in Perth. G'day, Anouk. You want to speak about Richmond? G'day, Kane. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, I, I reckon I know why they lost last night. Why? Um, it's because there was just no soul there, mate. <laughs> there was no soul at no Marvel. No soul at Marvel, is there? Nah. nah and, and because of COVID, the, all the toilet paper and all the toilet tissues are gone, so they had nothing to wipe their tears away with. Bunch yeah. of sooks, the Tigers fans. Oh. They're the biggest sooks in the whole of the AFL. And and to the previous caller that called up said, oh, Richmond would have won four in a row if Collingwood hadn't knocked them out in the prelim. Come on, mate. Hawks would have won four in a row if Sydney didn't, if they won the 2012 grand final. A lot of ifs and a lot of buts, but you're right. I mean, the, the comments from the club are coming back to bite them seriously. Um, the comments were made, you know, pre-coronavirus um, sweeping through Australia and, and different sort of lockdowns in Melbourne and all of that. But in the end, they, they were they were foolish comments to make. And as Gary pointed out, some of the decisions made off the field at Richmond have been... Um, well, I think I think arrogant is a fa- is a fair word to use um, with some of the issues that have been at the club, and they've got away with it because they win, and they've been a great club, and they've been a dynasty, and they've been well led on the field. When you start to lose, I'm not sure people are going to be as forgiving for the mistakes that have been made off field. G'day, Kane. What a day! I've never felt more refreshed drinking the tears of all the Tigers supporters. They are delicious, says Clint. BJ's on the line. You want to speak about some of the rules and interpretations, BJ? Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Good morning, Kane. Morning. Might have just dropped out there, I reckon. Johnny, did he, did he, BJ? We'll get you back, BJ. I'm interested to uh, hear what you've got to say. Let's go to Black Rock and speak to Nick. G'day, Nick. No, we don't have Nick either. We might be having a few issues with our phone lines at the moment. We'll see if we can sort that out in a second. At least the Tigers members support by putting their money in, even when we couldn't watch any games. To have 100,000 members during this time, when you can't or aren't guaranteed, you can go is unbelievable. Maybe some other clubs could take a leaf out of the Richmond supporters' books. Give them some credit, Kane, says Jason. Uh, on the Richmond midfield, Kane Jack Graham needs to spend some more time in the middle and not at high half forward. And I thought this one was interesting as well. G'day, Kane. Did Richmond take the P155 out of the sub rule last night? Post game, Damien Harwick said Coleman Jones went into the game with a calf niggle. He was subbed out due to a calf niggle. Would he have gone off if he had had more than one possession to half time? and their forward line was working effectively. We haven't spoken much about the sub-rule and teams and their ability to exploit it, but perhaps uh, perhaps that needs to be spoken about and looked at, particularly for the AFL and the use of the sub-rule at the end of the year. Uh, Scott is in Mount Waverley. We'll see if these phone lines are working. You want to speak about Tony Crockin? G'day, Scotty. Yeah, g'day, Kane. Love your work. Thank uh, you. Especially on the, the nine show, footy show, you level them up nicely. Good on you, mate. Good on you. Um, Kane, I just wanted to say um, all credit to um, the Gold Coast. They made us look slow. They made us look tired. And I'm just a bit concerned about Dusty because if we 
continue down this downward spiral? Will Dusty stay faithful and stay with us, or will he look for another team? Hey, you know what? I read Mick McGowan's comments in the Herald Sun this morning. I thought he made a good point. He said, time to give Dusty the captaincy, and I... I've been thinking about this, and I spoke to Justin Lepich about it on, on Waitley's show on Tuesday, I reckon it was, and I said, Lepa, who's the next co- uh, captain of Richmond? He said, oh, I don't He said, I don't know. He said, maybe maybe Shane Web- Edwards. I said, well, Edwards is 33. Is it time to give Dustin Martin the captaincy or try and convince him to be captain? I mean, the similarities between him and Toby Green, I think, are there, and Toby Green just looks at home as the captain of that football club. It's not the obvious choice, but I thought it was a point really well made that maybe it is time to try and convince Dustin Martin to be the captain of Richmond. Um, and it will just add another layer to the, the Dustin Martin legacy. Uh, I think he is capable of doing it in his own way. I mean, he's not not going to be the, the outspoken one that's out there fronting the cameras every week, but he can lead in his own way, similarly to what Toby Green has done at the Giants. So, Tigers fans, I'd, I'd like your thoughts on that 4 for temper, a mattress like no other. Mark's on the line. Um, there are a couple of changes at the Blues this week, Carlton, including Levi Casbolt back into the team. Good morning. Good morning, Kane. Um, I think he would be playing for his career considering he's uh, not contracted for next year. Could you see him at another club or will Carlton keep him? Could I see him in another club? Yeah, I think I could. Um, you know, I think I think there'll probably be a one-year offer there from from Carlton on a on an incentive-based contract. I would imagine that he's not guaranteed that he's more match payments. But look, he's a handy player to have up your sleeve. He's not in your best. 20 probably, but you get an injury to a ruckman, you know he can sort of do some grunt work there. One of your key backs go down, he can play back there, and if one of your young key forwards go down, he plays there. So as long as you sell him that, that look, you're not in our our best team, but you certainly get some opportunities if they present. I think that's the way that I'd be doing it. If it's not at Carlton, I'm sure another club may present him with a similar opportunity to do that. We'll get to Dwayne, Pete, Con and Gussie. On the other side of this, it's the captain's run. Kane Corns in the chair. It's 19 minutes to 11. On SEN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. 40 minutes to 11 o'clock. We might speak to Nicky Dowell after 11. He was there last night. He was part of the AFL Nation commentary team. We'll get his reaction to what he saw during the commentary and his instant thoughts on the Richmond and Gold Coast game. Heaps of your calls, so keep them coming through. And joining in the discussion this morning, including Dwayne, who's on the road. You want to speak about Richmond also, Dwayne? Yeah, Kane, the, um, the stadium has no soul mm. and the team and the supporters have no heart. Now, the journey they've been on for the last four years, they have less than 10,000 to 10 last night's a disgrace. Um, my Facebook page for four years has just been full of Tiger time, you know, all this rubbish. I have access to corporate seats. I, I could not give them away yesterday to all my Tiger so-called friends. Um, and I think Damien Harwick and Benny Gale and these boys at the start of the year with their ridiculous comments um, about Marvel, I, I think the club's in a lot of trouble. And they've been there for a little while, but, mate, the wheel, they're about to fall off the cliff. And I'll tell you what, gee, it's going to be fun to watch. They may, they may do that. I, th- I think you're a little bit harsh on the team, saying the team's got no soul. I, I think that is, I think I'll pull you up on that. I think they've been an incredibly competitive team who have f- achieved phenomenal things. And regardless of what happens, this era of Richmond player will go down 
as absolute legends of the football club and they'll be remembered for years. But did the club get ahead of themselves? Absolutely. You probably couldn't argue with that and some of the things that have gone on, not just this year, but over the course of the last two seasons, um, a little bit head-scratching. And we'll come back to bite you when your on-field performance doesn't cover over those cracks. Peter is in Windsor Gardens. You want to speak about the Adelaide Crows, Pete? Kane, good morning. Uh, mate, I, I would, I'd love to get your opinion as, on, as to what our most pressing need is for mm. next year. Um, my own thoughts are that we need a mobile key defender, um, somebody to help out Jordan Butts, um, more so uh, than a midfielder, because that will, in the, in the defence, uh, just to allow Tommy Duday to uh, play that intercept defender role, because I don't think he's big enough to, to take on the key forwards. Um, just, yeah, what are your thoughts? And also with Matt Crouch, uh, do we retain him? Do we move him on? Um, try and get to, Do we try and manoeuvre for a Gold Coast uh, pick three, given that they said that it's up for grabs with the right to, uh, the right incentive? Yeah, what are your thoughts? Perhaps. He's a, he's a free agent, though, I reckon. Restricted free agent, Matt Crouch. So you lose a little bit of control with um, getting a trade. You know, Gold Coast certainly wouldn't give up pick three for Matt Crouch. The pressing needs for the Crows for me, is in the midfield. I look at the midfield, it's very dour. I think they have prioritised inside sort of midfielders that don't have that outside sort of burst and speed that you see with the best midfielder. So if you could add some there, because you look at Keys, you look at Sloan, you look at Laird, you look at um, who's the youngster, Pedler, about to play, you look at Schonberg. They're all that dour, contested type of midfielder who can't necessarily break away from stoppage. Berry's another one that is in that similar vein. So I'd be looking for a hybrid type mid. You know, if I could pluck someone, a humour cluggage type who can play wing on ball, can go forward and score, that would be what I would do and prioritise the midfield. You know, hopefully get Talia back next year who can hold down a spot for one or two years. You've still got Fisher Maxey as well, who's a pick six in the draft who can play key defensive post and that's what they recruited him for so you'd hope he would come into the side I see it more as midfield and also probably small half forward um, would be would be handy additions to Adelaide good to see Tech sign on for another year as well into a 15th season I think it is for Taylor Walker signed that one year contract extension which was announced yesterday Con's in Craigie Byrne uh, g'day to you Con Kano, how are you mate? Thank you um, yeah, even though they won the flag last year I think it started all going wrong for him in the hub off field. I think when uh, they wouldn't let the cap- the captain was prepared to go home because they wouldn't let him put a three story extension on his room at the uh, Sheridan there. <laughs> and then uh, you had Stuvalaki Gate, and you got the coach in the hub there running around playing up like a second hand whippersnipper. Oh, okay. Be careful, we ca- careful. But there's been some issues. You had Grope Gate as well. That was that was there. And uh, it, 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 they've lost it off field, and now it's it's gone into this. It's gone in, onto this season, mm. and they've, they've cooked it. I Probably. think they've got to they've got to re they've got to rebuild. Bring Sam Sammy Lloyd back. He's been going well in the in the local <laughs> footy. I think they're going to bring him back to straighten their joint up. Bring back Jordan McMahon as well. Some of the old uh, <laughs> Richmond players that uh, played a role. But yeah, I think you're having a bit of fun, which is fine. Um, but yeah, a lot of people pointing those issues out. And as I said, when you're winning. No issues. You get away with it. When you start to produce performances like you have in the last fortnight, we'll start to draw the dots, I think. Gussie is in a point cook. You're not happy with the Tigers, Gus? Uh, no, not happy at all, mate. Um, first of all, sorry, no soul. I mean, I understand there are only 9,000 people there. I was one of them. But, I mean, 
I thought that the, the crowd was very loud considering... No, no, so the, the reference to No Soul was Damien Hardwick, when he whinged about playing a game at Marvel, they asked him why you don't like Marvel, and he said it's got no soul. So that's that that was the reference there. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think, and, and you know, the, the caller who said that Richmond didn't try, Lynch kicked, Lynch kicked five goals, and Jack Rewald dug up the turf with his head. I mean, I think I think Richmond tried tried a lot, and Hawley, you know, he broke his ankle, and the umpires paid a free kick against him, but uh, I think Richmond did try a lot, and um, I, I think they definitely wanted to be there, but uh, just couldn't bring it home. Good on you, Gussie. Thanks for your thoughts. We'll quickly get to Nick in Black Rock. You want to speak about the attendances last night, Nick? Yeah, Kane. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, the tall puppy syndrome is running, running really red hot on your show this morning, isn't it? Mm-hmm, sure is. Um, yeah, I just had a look at AFLtables.com. And I noticed that uh, Richmond is like 67,500 ahead of any other team in, the, in attendances this year. Um, and Richmond are ahead? The premiership. Yeah. Uh, they've had 538,000 people through the gates compared to Essendon, 471,000. So that's a clear margin. Um, and people, you know, we'll talk about Richmond and getting on the bandwagon. If we go back, let's excuse the premiership years, if we go back to 2016 when they finished up 13th, Richmond finished second in the attendances after finishing 13th. If we go to 2015, right, again, Richmond weren't that crash hot, they finished about fifth, they finished first in the attendances. We'll take your word for it, Nick. There's, but, but I think think we're getting away from that. There's an issue there as to why the Richmond fans aren't showing up. There was nine there last week. Sorry, last night there was hardly anyone there last week. So there is an issue there. I don't think there's any escaping that. Despite going back through AFL tables for the last five years, seven minutes to eleven, we'll get to Attila and also Tony on the phones next. SEN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. And we'll quickly sneak in Attila before the 11 o'clock news. You want to speak about something Damien Barrett posted, Attila? Yeah, thanks, thanks for taking my call, um, Kane. Look, I was at the game last night and, you know, I've seen three out of four premierships in the last, you know, four or five years. And, you know, I'm grateful that I've seen that. Um, it's time to rebuild at some point. You can't drag it on like you long to and get to, um, you know, all your plays being stuck in the 30s. But my call was more around attendances. Like, you know, this game was meant to be played in the Gold Coast and you get told two days before that, you know, it's going to be played here in Melbourne and and you you scramble to try and get tickets and being an AFL Richmond member, we got tickets straight away. But I think, you know, I think it's highlighted the fact that from COVID last year, everyone being in lockdown, that... You know, people aren't aren't just going to drop go to the game at the mm. top of a hat. You know, you, you know, yep. I've got a young family, and it, it's hard to you know prioritise. If you know a week or two is out, then you know you can. Some of the reasons why the crowd aren't going. So I've got to um, get to the 11 o'clock news. New South Wales government set to speak at 11 as that happens, hearing around about 30 cases in New South Wales today. But let's get the latest news headlines. The Captain's Run with Kane Corns. A big last hour coming up. We'll get to Nick Del Santo from AFL Nation very, very shortly. He was there. He saw it firsthand, the performance of Richmond. We'll get his thoughts on that. Just before that, New South Wales numbers 31 new community cases of transmission, 76,000 tests, which is 
a daily record now. Lockdown set to end next Friday. Questions over whether that is realistic or not. You would probably think. You would probably think not. South Australian government set to speak at twelve o'clock Victorian time today. Of course, that Adelaide and Brisbane game is going ahead. In Adelaide, let's quickly get to Tony before Nick, who's been waiting very patiently. Thanks for holding, Tony. No worries, Kane. How are you going? Thank you. Kane, wanted to get your thoughts on the the handball over the head. Last night it was just so... uh, I mean, there were so many of them. They just looked like throws to me. What are your thoughts? Is it getting too prevalent now, this handball over the head? Well, this is an Andy Marr area. He thinks the throw is um, not policed hard enough. I saw a couple that were pinged last night. I, I must admit it wasn't top of my agenda. I didn't certainly notice it. I, I do notice the extra free kicks being paid at the moment and, and the confusion reigns over holding the ball. But the ones over the head and the throws didn't hit me between the eyes uh, last night, Tony, but they obviously did for you. 4 Well, part of the AFL Nation commentary, we actually spoke to him yesterday. He's been good enough to give us his time again this morning. Nicky Dow, thanks again for joining me. More than welcome. I'm becoming a regular on your show. I yeah, like this. I might have to um, start paying <laughs> you some more. We're going to speak to Hutto. Hutto's pulled out, so you were good enough to jump on and, yep. and tell us what you saw last night. So take us inside your thought process when you were watching yeah. um, the disaster unfold for Richmond last night. It was incredible. And I think the, the first bit to speak about is we saw this last week with the Tigers and the Saints. and. We touched on this yesterday about we were going to get a lot of answers out of this weekend's footy. The first of all, the first of all was, were the Tigers, are they that bad or did they just have a shocker against the Saints? And on the flip side, come Sunday afternoon, was that just one out of the box for the Saints or is that now their new style or is that now their new standard? So we go to last night's game. And what it looked to me, Kane, from the very first bounce, it was a team in the Gold Coast Suns that knew they had to give maximum effort they had to be daring with the football to be able to compete with the best team in the last five years. Mm. On the flip side, it looked like the Tigers thought to themselves, we probably don't have to go full throttle. We probably don't have to do everything that we've done in the past because it is the Gold Coast Suns. And as a result, they got their right whack. I mean, the margin was two points, but the game and the control of the Suns had for nearly the whole game, which is rare. You rarely have control for the whole game. It looked like to me they should have won really can buy a lot more in a more comfortable margin, but particularly early on. They were all over the Tigers. And once again, similar to the last week, we are just waiting for the Tigers to have that 15, 20-minute spurt where they'd kick four or five goals and put it out of reach, but it never came. And it was a brilliant performance from the Suns. They were fantastic to a man. They all just did exactly what they had to do at the right time. It's amazing, isn't it, that like the, the effort fluctuations from a couple of teams. Now, your Saints are, are one of those. Carlton have fallen into that bracket, GWS certainly, you know, even West, when these teams bring that effort, they can beat anyone. When they're off, they're really off. And it's, I mean, it's the unanswerable question is how you bring it every week. But it does point to what an even competition it is when teams do come with that attitude that the Suns did last night. Absolutely. And you mentioned a couple of clubs. So I think there is, all clubs need to bring effort. Now, I think there's clubs that have to bring it no matter what if they want to be competitive. Now, clearly, I believe the Saints have to do that. The Suns have to do that because they don't have the luxury of of the individual brilliance. or so they don't have the luxury of being able to cover up for the mis- their mistakes consistently. Now, the Tigers, the Cats, um, Brisbane Lions, some of those clubs could probably do it for parts of a game. 
But what I saw last night from the Tigers, which we, we rarely ever say this about them, and this is probably the fourth, if not the fifth time this year, that the Tigers have looked something like they did last night. Just off the mark, don't go back with the flight of the football as, as brave as they once did. And yes, they had, and you touched on it yesterday, it was a valid point, possibly their weakest side for mm. quite a while with the amount of outs that they had. But what we've always heard from the Tigers in the last five years, one soldier out, one soldier in. Now, on top of that, though, Kane, what I saw yesterday was the system was breaking down. For the second week in a row, it was so easy for the opposition to move the ball from their D50 mm. all the way through, almost untouched. You know, uncontested possession after handball. And all of a sudden, the Gold Coast Suns realised, you know, we're not that scared. You know, everything that we're doing right now is working. We don't care who you are. We don't care what you've done. And they just kept on bringing the pressure. I thought Toot Miller led from the front from the very first moment. He was sensational. Everybody jumped on board. He was terrific. Yeah. So, so even you know back when when I was playing, the focus to restrict the opposition with their uncontested marks was a sign. You know how switched on defensively you were. And yeah. to your yep. point there, saying the system broke down. Well, Gold Coast took a hundred and two uncontested marks. Well, that that's a that's a big number. Anything sort of over seventy eighty is is a number that you'd like to be under. So it does point to a lack of hunger and a lack of that trademark defensive attributes that Richmond have been so strong at. Yeah, and on the flip side, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but by half-time, particularly quarter-time, I don't think the Tigers had hardly taken a mark. So mm. They were giving up everything, yet they weren't able to get exactly what they wanted on the flip side. And can, the other one, and even thinking about it more this morning, I never want to flag, but I know that feeling of pushing and pushing and pushing. You feel like you're giving everything, and you're in the same situation. Then you have that moment as a collective group where you feel like you're giving everything, mm but you're not getting the same result. I'm starting to see little glimpses of that as well in the Tigers. That you, what, you think you're giving maximum effort, yet you're not getting the outcome that you want. And you start to look around to your teammates and you start to have those moments, maybe this isn't clicking anymore. Maybe this is the end of this group being as dominant as you once were. And it's almost more in hindsight because at the moment you're so invested and you feel like you can always turn your form around individually as a club. But as I said, this is becoming a little bit of a trend this year where... Their effort's probably not questioned very often, but the outcome is so different to what we've seen in recent years. Hey, a uh, question without notice, but Mick McGuan wrote yep. uh, something that sort of picked my interest in the, the Herald Sun this morning. I spoke to Justin Lepich about Richmond's captaincy and who's next. He, he couldn't think of an obvious one. Mick McGuan says, well, it's time for Dusty to step up. I sort of liken it to Toby Green, reluctant captain, but once you get in the chair, you can do a great job like Toby has done. Would you have an issue with Dustin Martin and, and what sort of captain um, he would be? That's an interesting yeah. one. I haven't read that article. I hadn't mm. even thought of that to be Either, either had I, I until I read it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't give it to Dusty, and that's not because I don't think he wouldn't be a great leader. Maybe Tex Walker, and I know you guys have got a little bit of history, mm. and it might be a little bit... It's an unusual choice, but I don't think that Dusty needs to take on that responsibility or be given the armband to be the captain. He is who he is, and we have a perception of Dusty, but every time you talk to someone from Richmond, they speak so highly about his involvement during the week. And I, I sort of look at him and think, oh, he's just one of those freaks. He does his own thing. But no, he's invested, even though he's not technically part of their leadership group. But no, I wouldn't enforce that on him if it wasn't something that he necessarily wanted or if it doesn't suit him. Um, but as you pose that question, if it's not Cochin, who is it? And mm. I'm, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head because if you're going to pass it on, you know, a Grimes or one of those sort of guys could do it. Jack could probably do it. But then you're probably getting the same sort of leader as what you're getting from Cochin anyway. You know, they've grown up together. I'm assuming they'd have very similar beliefs and 
you know, preparation and that. So it's not com- a completely different voice. It, I think it'd be very similar to Cochin anyway. Mm. But as you pose that question, I can't think of the next person in line that would still, say, have five to eight years of football ahead of them from right now to lead the group going forward if Cotchen was to hand it over or finish his career. Yeah, there's not there's not an obvious one. Perhaps, you know, Vlosten's in that com- conversation. Yep. Uh, Lepper mentioned Edwards, but, you know, he's 33. I mean, Bob Murphy took over it. Oh, I'm not sure how old he was, but he would have been past 30 as captain and did yeah. a great job for two or three years. Could Shane Edwards do that until the next one? Emerges Jack Graham has been mentioned, but you know until this year he hasn't yep. been a regular in the side, so tough to give him the captaincy. Anyway, it's one for for the phones. If we can put Great that question, question out there on oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, what other games are you doing this week uh, for Fox? Dow? I've got a little bit, so I'll uh, be in the studio tonight. So really looking forward to the game at GMHBA Stadium, and then I'm uh, at the MCG tomorrow night for Carlton and for, Fremantle, uh, mm. and then uh, covering the game on. Sunday afternoon, Collingwood is taking on the Saints. So there's a lot of football to be coming up. I'm looking forward to the whole weekend. Yeah, Hawthorne are interesting as well. So they, they play Port Adelaide. I'm wondering whether they could you know, cause a bit of an upset or a significant upset in, uh, in Sean Burgoyne's 400th. They, they've got a couple mm-hmm. of injuries that will hurt. Uh, Chad Wingard is out. Barass is, Granger Barass, that is, and Will Day also. So some big outs there. But I noticed that uh, your mate, uh, Joe Montagna, noticed what Hawthorne have been doing, particularly in the last month. They've been really impressive and they could tend to shape the eight. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I'm doing a little bit on that as well behind the scenes. I'll, there'll be an article coming out about purpose, Kane. Mm. And, you know, if you're not going to play finals and your season's over, you know, in regards to playing in September this year, you know, what are you getting up out of bed for? You know, what's your purpose as a collective to get something out of the remainder of this season? And that's an interesting one. And Joe, I think Joey's spot on. And we've lived this, and I'm sure you have too, that, you want to take a couple of scalps on your way home. You, you want to actually finish the season in a better position than you are right now to have some momentum going into the summer and just something tangible to say, this is the style of football that we played. You know, we got a couple of wins. I don't know. I, I haven't tipped the Hawks this mm. week. I've tipped Port Adelaide. And I said, I think I said this here yesterday. I think Charlie Dixon, you know, could have a huge influence on the back half of this year for that club. Um, but it's an interesting one and just an absolute perfect fit for, uh, for Sean Bergwijn to play against his whole club in his 400th game. But I think we have to like what the Hawks are doing. You know, they've got some young guys coming through, really well led by some senior players. So I've got no concern in, in their cycle of where they're at and what they're showing already. Good on you, mate. Once again, thanks for jumping on the phone and giving us your perspective of what you saw last night. And we'll see you on Fox uh, footy this weekend. Will do. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Part of the AFL Nation commentary team, here is Nick Del Santo. And as you just heard, you'll see him regularly on Fox Footy over the weekend. We thank them for his contribution to our show. So um, some coronavirus updates. I was wrong in terms of when the South Australian government were speaking. They have spoken. Pretty good news, um, to be fair, uh, in South Australia. So, well not, well, not good news for the family of now five who uh, have been infected. So the young... Uh, baby has been um, tested positive. She's the, the last one of that family of five. That is the only case of community transmission, but those uh, families have been in isolation. So no changes to the footy and restrictions in Adelaide. There was one overseas case acquired. So good news in terms of Adelaide and the way that they have been able to manage what could have been a mini outbreak. Our man is Paul Sebastiani from Bet Deluxe. Let's get to him. Bet Deluxe. 
serious betting for serious punters. BetDeluxe.com.au. Gamble responsibly. You can download the new Bet Deluxe that is app today. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. G'day to you, Paul. Very good morning to you, Kane. How are you? I'm good, but you're you're a Tigers man from memory. You'd be flat. No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a big blue bag. Oh, how did I get how did I get that wrong? So you'd be happy then? Oh well, you know, if you look at the complexity of things over the season, mate, it's not been a, it's not been a particularly good season. But uh, no, no, we've got a sniff this weekend against the Dockers. Dollar ninety, dollar ninety each of two in that game. So it's uh, very hard to split the sides. Who's the premiership favourite right now? At the moment, Melbourne. Mm. But we've, we've got a whole heap of teams equal favourite at the moment. So at five bucks, you've got Melbourne, Geelong and the Western Bulldogs. So it, it is, it is well, as, as Gold Member said, it, it's toyed like a tiger at the top of the Bet Deluxe Premiership markets for the AFL, Kane. Question without notice. How far have Richmond dropped in their odds to win the Premiership? What are they now? Yeah, they're almost double figures. They're $9.50 to win the flag now. So, look, the market's still giving them a little bit of respect, given obviously their um, unbelievable past over the last four years. But, uh, yeah, the, the big drifters, they've, they've pretty much doubled their price over the last sort of month, month and a half. And, uh, yeah, ma- market taking a complete set against them at the moment. Quick tip at Flemington tomorrow. Well, there's one in race one. Now, hear me out. It's called Power Crunch, race one, number seven. It's been $71 into $31. It gets the blinkers for the first time, and it might be the one to follow each way tomorrow at Flemington. And don't forget as well, you run second or third at Flemington tomorrow. Money back up to 50 bucks as well, Kane. So offer like that, only a Bet Deluxe. Good man. We'll speak to you next week. Bet Deluxe, serious betting for serious punters. Download the new Bet Deluxe app today. Gamble responsibly. Any issues, one 800 858 858 is the number. Right, yesterday we interviewed the uh, wife of Sean Burgoyne, Amy, and she was magnificent. Let's have a listen to something quite hilarious that she had to say. Sean's dad actually, his first job as a teenager was working on my grandfather's farm. So Sean, Sean happened to be there, so I was introduced to him. Um, and funnily enough, our first kiss at 13 was at Albert and Oval. Um, <laughs> wasn't, the, wasn't the greatest. <laughs> but um, he, um, he, he ended up moving back to Port Lincoln um, for a couple of years and we kept in contact, you know, back then over the phone. You had to ring the house phone yeah. or, or write a letter. Uh, so we did that till till we were fifteen, and uh, he ended up we were at the same high school together. So been been together ever since we were fifteen in year ten. Great storytelling from Amy Burgoyne. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Your first kiss. Who was it with? How old were you? And. What are your memories of it? So in Adelaide, and for those of you listening on SCNSA in Adelaide, there was the there was the Sam's Disco. It cost you twenty cents to get in. It was on a Friday night, and it was the hangout for anyone aged I don't know eleven to to fourteen. Thought I was really cool. We used to wear our baggy jeans and our Adidas equipment jumpers and looked like absolute idiots, but we thought we looked cool. Uh, her name was Felicity. I think I was twelve. That's my memory of it. It wasn't too bad from from memory. I, I thought I did a pretty good job. I actually, Mel's throwing her hands up at me like I've said something wrong, but I was quite happy with my performance. Mel, yeah, I was. No, I, was I was quite quite. It was quite good from memory. So that was mine. And as I said, can anyone in Adelaide remember Sam's Disco? Twenty cents to get in Friday night. Big baggy jeans, Adidas equipment jumpers on. Oh four double three nine eight eleven sixteen. First kiss stories on the sports show this morning. That's. Um, delving into different areas.
736 736. The quiz is up. A Victorian-themed quiz because Victoria's saved the game. Who would have thought? We have a six-pack of zero-plus sports beer. It's great, this stuff. Really good for the professional athlete like myself. Zero-plus sports beer. Great-tasting, non-alcoholic beer. If you know your Victorian trivia... Jump on the phone, line up, last person standing. Chad's Brothers Quiz with a great prize to give away. We'll do that next. On ECN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. Yeah, a bit of housekeeping we need to address before we get to the quiz and a lot of you lining up. Uh, my first smooch was also at Sam's Disco, High Street Glenelg, behind the old church, which I subsequently got married at. Bad 90s music. Pre-drinks, UDLs, of course, and too much Lynx Africa, says Ray in South Yarra. Oh, that's amazing that someone was listening that also went to Sam's Disco. Uh, my first ever footy trip was in 1997 in Adelaide. Uh, I got a little bit more than a first kiss at the Black Rose on Hindley Street with a wink emoji. Okay, okay, family show, family show. Uh, you're always happy with yourself, Kane, you flog, says Jesse. Um did that girl have her guide dog at the disco cane? A bit of uh, comedy coming through. And her name was Stella Gelati, age nine, after a game of intense marbles at Layla Primary School. I knew at that moment I rocked at kissing, says Woody. Interesting areas this morning. Thank you for your feedback. Uh, let's get to Chad's Brothers Quiz. It's time for Chad's Brothers Quiz. Oh, how good's this? Because uh, Victoria saved the game and they are dominating really everything in, in terms of sporting leagues across this country. It's a Victorian-themed quiz. We've got a six-pack of zero-plus sports beer up for grabs for the winner. Last person standing. You know how it works. Cam's on the line. He's going to kick us off. G'day to you, Cam. G'day, Kane. No. Name three Victorian teams that are the current reigning premiers in their national league? Melbourne United, Tick. Richmond Tigers, Tick. and Melbourne City FC. Yep, we'll give you that. Would have taken the Melbourne Aces in the baseball, would have taken the Vixens in the netball, and would have taken the Melbourne Storm in the NRL. So you had a few to choose from. Go on, you can. We are away. Australia's most prestigious foot race is held in which town? Stall. That'd be the stall gift. Nice little half Jeez, I'm on a roll here. You man. are. You are. Are you feeling it? I've got a joke to tell. What is should it? Richmond got... invest in, should Richmond invest in tarps for their seats or has Port Adelaide got a copyright on that? <laughs> well, they need them. Well, they need... Yeah, give, give the guys a call. They might be able to lend the tarps out to the Richmond fans. 9,000 there last night. Wasn't great. Question number three in the quiz. We got Jim and Dave and Kyle and Daniel just waiting for you to slip up, Cam, so don't get ahead of yourself. Well, in, 2000, up now. in 2011, a Barwon Heads local made international headlines for winning which event? Barwon Heads, which event? Jimmy Bartell winning, winning the Norm Smith. It wasn't It wasn't Jimmy Bartell. Um, this is going to get a couple of you, I think. Let's see if Jim knows the answer. Hi, Jim. G'day, Kana. In 2011, a Barwon, a Barwon Heads, that is local, made international headlines for winning which event? Um, I want to say something to do with surfing. 
Um, but I don't think that's correct, is it? Don't think it is correct. No. So uh, it's, well, the only person I know from Barwon Heads would be Tom Stewart, but I'm going to get that far right. No, uh, I got uh, I got a lot of family members in Bowenheads. It is one of the best places on the planet, Bowenheads. And in 2011, a local from there won a significant sporting event. Dave, do you know who it is? Volcano, no idea, mate. Quack 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 quack. That's the James Duckworth reference there, who's through to the third round at Wimbledon. Come on, people. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Think about it. Kylie's on the line. In fact, Kyle it is. Sorry, Kyle. Uh, your thoughts, mate, in 2011, a Bowen Heads local made international headlines for winning what event? Uh, just because I think it's part of you, your thing, it would be a marathon. Wasn't a marathon. It was. Oh, might need to start giving some clues. Think. Think about the events that are on currently. As we go to Daniel on the line, there is. Uh, there's a massive international event happening right now. It's not Wimbledon. There's another one. Uh, Daniel, in 2011, Bowen Heads local made international headlines for winning which event? Uh, it was Cadell Evans, the Tour de France. It was right, mate. We are away here. Two questions away from the win. Uh, what international sporting event was held in Melbourne in 2006? International event in 2006. You got a clue? No clues. This is relatively uh, simple, I think. Have a crack. Uh, the Olympics. Mm, no, but you weren't far away. Matt's in Richmond. Hi, Matt. Was it the Commonwealth Games? It was the Commonwealth Games. Last question for the win, my friend. Bart Cummings has won the Melbourne Cup 12 times. Name three of the horses that he's trained to victory. Uh, Saintly, Rogan Josh and Brew. Uh, the last one was repeat again. Uh, so Rogan Josh, yep. Saintly yep. and, uh, and Brew. It's not on my list, so you've got two out of three. Can't give it, can't give it to him. It's a strict quiz this morning. Uh, Joey is in Geelong. Hi, Joey. There you go, mate. Bart Cummings has won the Melbourne Cup twelve times. Name three of the horses that he's trained to victory. We've got. Well, you, you have a crack. Yeah, well, it's Logan Josh and Santley's definitely two of them. Yep. And number three, they're the two that I knew. Number three, I don't know, Sub Zero. No, it wasn't Sub-Zero. Uh, Stephen is on the line. Welcome to the quiz, Steve. Steve? No, nah, he's just dropped out. Let's head back to Geelong and speak to Russell. Rusty, g'day to you, mate. How you going, mate? We just need one more horse that Bart has trained to victory in the Melbourne Cup. Media puzzle. Mm, it's not on my list. No, nah, I have to give that a, a no. Sean is in Diamond Creek. Hello, Sean. Yeah, think big. Think big is on there. You've got it, mate. You are the winner of the quiz this morning. Light fingers in 1965, Galilee in 66, red-handed in 67, think big, 74 and 75, golden black in 77. Hyperno, if I've pronounced that correctly, back in 1979. Kingston Rule, 1990. Let's Elope, 91. Saintly, 96. Rogan Josh in 99. And Viewed in 2008. It's been a while between drinks for Bart. Uh, good on you, mate. I'll put you back to Mel. She'll sort you out with the six-pack of Zero Plus Sports Beer 
It is zero plus because it's got no alcohol in it, but it's great tasting. It's a non-alcoholic beer. We're going to hand the show over to you for the next 10 minutes or so, and you can have your say on anything that you like, one 736 736 been a busy show. It is eight minutes to 12 o'clock. We'll hopefully get Dwayne Russell up, who's been doing a great job on Dwayne's World. In fact, he spoke to the CEO of the AFL Players Association, Paul Marsh, yesterday, and he put the question to him, if it was needed, would the players play off five-day breaks? Here's his response. Five-day breaks. We agreed with the AFL that you know, the teams could play off one five-day break but not beyond that. Um, when the AFL put the number of rotations back up last year and increased the, or, or brought the, the game time back to um, the 20-minute quarters, this was an issue that we flagged in November last year that you know, we're just not prepared to put the players at risk from an injury perspective. Um, the game is harder than it's ever been. The players have been saying that all year. So to start throwing in additional five-day breaks is putting the players at risk. So, you know, whilst we'll keep working with the game to get this season away, and I think we've shown that we've been absolutely prepared to do that, um, there are there comes a point where you can't go any further, and our line is on the five-day breaks. That is, Paul, hard to argue with it, really. I mean, it is a complete last resort, and considering uh, what the players have put their hand up to be put through, in the last 18 months, and, and in particular this week, with a lot of interstate clubs, well, all of them been moved out. I think it's pretty tough restrictions that they've been under, and that appears to be where they would draw the line at five-day breaks. Our National Cabinet met this morning, um, areas that I don't usually go into, but just in relation to some of the issues out of it, the PM has said that they have agreed to halve the amount of international arrivals coming from overseas to reduce the pressure on the hotel quarantine system. So the meeting was important. Uh, good news is that uh, the Australians that we've agreed to deal for the way ahead, the pathway agreed today gives encouragement and hope. There is a four-phase plan, thresholds in relation to vaccinations, and they have said that lockdowns will only be used as a last resort. I would have thought that was a last resort as it should have been, um, even in the last 18 months, I would have thought that was an obvious thing to say. Anyway, as I said, don't like getting too political on the program. Duano is not there yet. He's coming up very, very shortly. Stewie Jew spoke to us earlier on this morning. Um, I asked him what was needed in terms of Gold Coast moving forward from a footy department standpoint and also from a player list. Here's what he had to say about getting in some senior experience. Yeah, they, they are conversations we've had. We haven't just haven't got over the line with that, and so we'll, we'll continue to look at is it is it the post thirty, post twenty eight? Um, they've got to be the right people, and and we're certainly having a look at what squads, and particularly through the back half of the year, you can start to get a feel for who who might be getting moved on at a different time, or, or what this may be willing to to trade trade someone in that space. So. We, we hopefully can be pretty busy in the back half of the year and, and just checking out who's out there and, and what can they add. Who's out there? Oh four double three nine out eleven sixteen. Who fits? Who fits the bill? There's been a lot of suggestions. Matthew Lloyd, colleague on the uh, well Sunday Footy Show and also Footy Classified on Monday, he he threw up the name Luke Parker. He reckons uh, Luke Parker is the ideal fit for the Gold Coast Suns. Now, I mean, there's challenges to get someone out of a strong system at at Sydney and. But someone like that, you know, I mentioned 
Dewey had had the conversation with Sean Burgoyne a couple of years ago. I think Eddie Betts' name had been thrown around, or certainly a three-year contract offer from Eddie to go to the Gold Coast. Jared Roughhead, I think when he retired from Hawthorne, was a name. But who, who are there and which players are coming perhaps towards the end of their career that could add some value to the Gold Coast Suns? When uh, Chad finished at Port Adelaide, he went up to the Giants for a few years along with a couple of others, James McDonald and Dean Brogan and, and Lenny Hayes and Luke Power. They all played a, a pretty important role. Now, that was because the group was full of 18-year-olds and you need some experience to show the, the training standards but also give them some bigger bodies on field. I think that was really important. Now, Gold Coast should be past that that way, but is there a player out there that you think is a fit for the Gold Coast Suns? I've heard might have been Joey Montagna say um, Sidebottom and Pendlebury could be a good fit, but the challenge is to get them out there. 0433981116 is the number if you want to send us a text or a suggestion on that one. Uh, just repeating my five-point plan to fix the game. Um, someone had a crack at me for not knowing the rules about why uh, Ruckman are forced to nominate. They're saying because they need to be one metre away when they go off the ruck. Yeah, well, that that's not a need. That is a rule that doesn't need to be there. So I'll add 5.8. A, scrap that bit as well. You do not need two Ruckman nominating to go up in the ruck. We hadn't had it prior to four or five years ago. We don't need it now. Just get in there, throw the ball up. Two Ruckman contest for the ball. If you don't want the third man up, as soon as the oppos- as soon as your teammate comes over the top of the third man up, pay a free kick. It's not needed. That was part of it. Um, deliberate out of bounds needs to be changed to last possession out of bounds. Uh, you've got to throw the ball up quicker, reducing the change to 50 and penalise players who don't dispose of the ball correctly in the tackle. There is there is the five-point plan to fix that. Jim wants to speak about the Gold Coast Suns. What did you notice, Jim? I just wanted to go back to what you were saying about a, probably a mature-aged player to go up there and help out, similar to what Chad did mm-hmm. for the Giants. I'm thinking someone that might be a good fit might be Devin Smith. He seems to be on the outers at Essen at the moment. He's probably in the right age bracket. He's not too old yet. He's still 28. Sorry, say that name again. Devin Smith? Yeah, Devin Smith, yeah. Yeah, interesting one. He probably doesn't have the the aura that I'm looking for. I mean, I'm talking... I'm not sure sure I can rely on his body. Um, Look, it's a name and, and perhaps... Someone, but I see him similar to like a Brandon Ellis. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I'm probably looking for a bigger name, someone that can come in with that real aura about them. The players can really listen to what they have had to say, like a, like a Luke Parker type. If you get someone like that, not sure Devin Smith quite fits um, that category for me. I don't think we've got Dwayne. He's not there yet. But uh, who's he got coming up? We don't know yet. Anyway, he'll have a, he'll have a ripping show. It'll be um, Midday Madness, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you want to have your say with Dwayne. Let's get in, Dave. You've got 30 seconds. To, Dave, you'll be our last caller of the morning. Thanks for giving us a buzz. Okay, mate. Uh, is, is the protected zone around the player with the free or the mark exist anymore? I thought that last it's night. In the stand rule. And uh, it, that, that, they never pay it. But it went both ways. But uh, absolutely ridiculous. There's a rule there, and it's just ignored. I thought I actually thought that last night. I saw a couple of examples of players just blatantly running through the ten meter protected zone and not being penalised for that. So that that seems to have gone. I think it's a really good point you make. Coming up on Dwayne's World, Luke Hodge 
Tom Hickey will be joining Dwayne. And as I said, your calls. Been a big week. I'll be back filling in for Jared. 9 o'clock from Monday to get your thoughts and your takes on what will be a very interesting round of football. Thanks for all your calls, thanks for all your texts and to everyone who listened and more importantly contributed to the show. I really appreciate it. See you next week at 9. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.